Thank you, Debbie. Randy, Joey, great job. What a week. What a week we had, and we've talked about it all morning. But let me take you back a week. <clears throat> Last Sunday night, right before we started, I started having this kind of attitude. Ah, here we go. VBS. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love working with kids and uh, teaching them and being around. But I thought, and many of you know, I, I work with the Ohio County Marching Band, and band camp just happens to always fall on the same week as VBS. So it's band camp in the morning, church, and then VBS. It's long days, long week. And it's typically my favorite week of the year, to be honest with you, because it's opportunity. That's what it's all about. But last Sunday night, I thought, <sighs> and here's why. Because there's been years where people have taken the VBS week to think that that's the week that they should complain the most. Because everybody's here all week long, so why not just complain, gripe, moan? And I thought, oh, I just can't handle it this year. I'm tired, my knee's hurting, I just don't want to listen. But then I stopped and I said this to myself. No, because what do we preach here every week? We have to show our faith in what? Action and attitude. And I thought, what kind of a leader would I be right now if I had that attitude going into it? And I, I told a few of the deacons I was kind of feeling that way. And we had a prayer, and I, it almost felt like that was lifted off of me. Because last week, we had a great week. Besides a, a few minor incidences of people thinking it was time to complain, they were wrong. It wasn't. Besides a few minor ones, what did I see in this church? I saw people acting on their faith with smiles on their face, with action and attitude showing God's love. I saw people singing the Fruit of the Spirit song. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I thought, wow, this is what it's all about. We have that fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because we have Jesus in our heart. That's the fruit of having the Lord in our heart. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the whole theme, discovering that God is with you. Folks, why is God with you? Joey nailed it. Because Jesus. Because Jesus. That's why God is with you. That's why we have the fruit of the Spirit. And that's why last week we had a great week. It's not a social club. It's not. Hartford Christian Church is not a social club. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about teaching people about Jesus. It's about growing stronger in Him personally ourselves. It's about staying on that path of righteousness. It's about making those sacrifices because we know how important it is. So what did we want to teach the kids? We wanted to teach the kids that action and that attitude every single day. And boy, I felt like we did that. Thank you so very much to everyone that showed up here this week and showed God's faith. The faith, your faith, in action and attitude. 
I'm just going to review real quick. I'm not going to keep you long today. We got five things. This is what we taught the kids. We had five nights. We taught them five things. The number one thing we wanted to tell them is that God is with you. But how? Number one, God knows me. And listen, that was a, a, a good night for sure. God knows me how? Well, the book of Matthew says that God knows us down to the number of hairs upon our head. Now, with some people, he's got a lot more counting to do than with others. There's no doubt about that. But, but he knows. In other words, God knows you better than you know you. Does anybody here know how many hairs they have on their head? Bald guys, don't raise your hand. <laughs> no. No, we don't. We have no idea. God knows. God knows all about each and every one of us individually, including what kind of attitude we have. We talked about that church in Ephesus last week. They were going through the actions, but they didn't have the right attitude. And Jesus was warning them about that. Psalm chapter 139 Verse 1, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. That's powerful. And that's what we wanted to make sure the kids knew. God knows you down to your thoughts, everything in your heart. He knows. And the example we used, and you, the boat was up here last week. We've still got a few of the decorations up. It, it was that whole deep sea discovery thing. Everything that we talked about had to do with a boat. Every story that we used to illustrate that God knows me, for example, had to do with a boat. What's the most popular boat ever? You can look at your outline there and kind of figure out. It's Noah's Ark, without a shadow of a doubt. The whole point here is God knows you, so do the right thing. Be righteous. When God looked down the earth and saw Noah and told him he needed to start building that ark because a flood was coming, it's because he looked down and he didn't see that anybody was righteous except for Noah. Except for Noah. Folks, we don't ever want to be the last righteous person. That wasn't a fun gig for Noah to have. It was, I, I promise you, the man wasn't like, all right, only me and my family are going to survive. Everybody else is doomed. Of course not. We know in the New Testament, it tells us that Noah preached to people that the end was coming, that the end was going to be near, that they needed to repent. They wouldn't listen to him. And in our lives, with our faith, no matter what kind of action and attitude we have, there will be people that don't listen to us. There will be people that will be fickle. There will be people that, that, that will change their mind when things don't go their way. There will be people that will jump right on board and you'll think they have the strongest faith ever when things aren't going their way. But the bottom line is, God knows us. He knows what's in our heart, so we must be righteous. This week, in action and attitude, I saw a church come together and be righteous. Good job. The second thing we taught them was that God hears me. Each and every one of us. Listen, that's an awesome thing to tell a kid. That's an awesome thing to tell an adult. That's an awesome thing to tell a senior. God hears us. He not only knows us, he is listening to what we are saying to him. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. We are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Think about that for a second. Think about that. God's told us to come to him with all kinds of requests. But where should our requests be? What, what can we pray to God for that's going to please him? First of all, we've got to have that humility. We've got to be humble about it. But what pleases God is anything that's going to benefit the kingdom. 
That includes you growing personally. That includes you recognizing that you need the Lord. That includes us saying, Lord, help us to do what it takes to reach people. Including the kids that were here this week. God hears our prayers. And for that, what better example did we use than, than my favorite story? Uh, Jonah. Jonah and the whale. Yeah, that had to do with a boat. And the fish wasn't the boat, or the whale wasn't the boat. The boat was what he got thrown off of. Jonah got in that belly of that whale, though. And what did he do? He knew that he had a mission, that he was supposed to go to Nineveh. He knew that he had ran away. He knew that he'd been thrown over that overboard on that ship. And he knew that that great fish, that giant sea monster, that whale, had come up and swallowed him whole. He knew he was still alive. He knew where he was at. Now think about this for a second. Because we know what happens next. That old whale's going to come up and he's going to vomit Jonah out. But Jonah didn't know that. As far as Jonah knew, he was going to die in the belly of this whale. Make no mistake, he was digesting. It wasn't going to be a fun place. Complete darkness, smelly, nasty location. I'm guessing it wasn't very spacious either. What's Jonah going to do in that moment of that most drastic need? Jonah's going to hit his knees. Yes, a lot of times when I say that, I hit my knees to uh, give the example. Not happening today. VBS took my knee out. I told you. Jonah's hitting his knees, though, in the belly of that whale, and he's praying. He is praying earnestly. He is praying with all his might. He's praying. And God hears him. For three days and three nights, Jonah prayed. Nonstop, I believe. Nonstop. Has, has anybody here, don't raise your hand, just think to yourself, has anybody here ever really prayed for three days and three nights straight? Most people can't even say they've ever been awake that long. What else was Jonah going to do? He knows that he messed up. Don't we too? Don't we too know that we have messed up? That oftentimes we continue to mess up. But the thing about Jonah was he was a prophet. He knew what he needed to do. He knew God's love. And he prayed confidently. Folks, we also must pray confidently. Especially when we pray in a way that we know that pleases God. Because we know that he hears us. So when we pray, we shouldn't pray in a way thinking, yeah, may or may not be heard. We must pray in a way knowing that God hears our pleas. Scripture even says that the Holy Spirit helps to tell God what we can't even put into words of what our needs are. God hears me. On the third night, we talked that God strengthens us. Man, we need that strength, don't we? I needed it last Sunday night. And whenever we prayed for it, what happened? God gave me that little boost. He, God gave me a little boost, and I, I thought of those words, action, attitude, Yes, you can. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me. My heart leaps for joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. And we had a little thing we did to help teach the kids here. You can imagine that they leaped at least once during that. And that part they never forgot. But that's something that we should all never forget. We shouldn't have to literally jump into the air and say, leaps for joy, to remember that every single day we should have that attitude. Maybe we can't physically do it anymore, 
But we should have that attitude. Because if you walk around and you're a Christian and you've got nothing but complaints and scowls on your face, folks, you're falling short. If you walk around and you think negative things about something like a vacation Bible school or something about any kind of outreach, you're falling short. Is your heart leaping for joy? Is it? Every day, in every way, everywhere you go, people should know that you're a Christian by your love, by the joy that you have in your heart. It should be apparent. That doesn't mean that we never have times where we're sad or discouraged. So i got to ask you, what is discouragement? We talk about encouragement all the time, and we talked about it this past week. But what is discouragement? Maybe you don't literally go up to someone and say, no, you can't. Or maybe you do. Maybe it's the other things that you do. Are you making something hard on someone that shouldn't be hard? Folks, we've got work to do. And again, I say with the theme, get on board. Because we've got a ton of people out there that need to hear about the Lord. And we need to do everything that we possibly can within the bounds of Scripture to tell them about Him and to encourage Him and to not be discouraging to the people inside and to not be discouraging to the people outside. The example we used was Peter walking on water. He tried. He succeeded because he had his eyes on the Lord. But if we take our eyes off the Lord, we will begin to sink. Where's your focus at? Where's your strength coming from? What's your priority here at Hartford Christian Church? What is it? I think it's to encourage folks to come, to know the Lord, to know the reason why we come is his sacrifice. Let's not be discouragers. Let's be encouraging. God strengthens me. We also learn that God loves me. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 is the verse we use for that. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Sound familiar? Sounds a lot like John three sixteen. Same author. I'm sure that's something that John said numerous times in his life. I think that's something that we should all be saying numerous times in our lives as well. God most indeed loves us. And you can see there on your bulletin, casting that again, the story that we used was uh, the story of, of Peter and those guys out there in that boat fishing. Couldn't catch nothing all night. Lord had already resurrected. He told them he'd meet him up in Galilee. All of a sudden, the shoreline, they hear what? Cast the net again. Try it on the other side this time. 153 large fish. Peter jumps off and swims to shore and makes him carry them all in himself. And God says, do you love me? And feed my sheep. Do you love me? Then care for my flock. Do you love me? Then love them. Folks, we got to continue to love the people of this world so much, even when they don't deserve it. Because you know what? We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. We've got to continue to love them so much that we will continue to cast that net again and again and again and again. I can't cast it on my own. You can't cast it on your own. But man, what can we accomplish when we come together as a congregation, as a team? We've got to share his love every single day by casting that net again. Finally, on that fifth night, after we learned about how God knows, hears, strengthens, and loves, we found out that God also sends us. That's right. We've got a responsibility. Matthew 28, 
We all know this verse. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Folks, we are living in the end times. We've been living in the end times for about 2,000 years. The next thing that happens is Jesus comes back for us. Until then, we've got work to do. And there it is right there. Go and make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them. Teach them to obey what Jesus has told us. His commands. One of the two most important commands. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor. Again, he sends us to tell them that he will strengthen them, that he's hearing them, that he knows all about them, and most certainly that he loves them. We told the story of Paul. I think about old Paul. Of all the people in the world that, was going to send, that he was going to send to tell about Jesus to the Gentiles. Paul was the Jew of Jew, the Hebrew of Hebrews, the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a Jew through and through. Jews and Gentiles didn't typically get along. But now Paul's got this responsibility. He's going to be God's instrument to go and tell. And what are they going to do? They're going to hop on a ship and they're going to head for Cyprus. And, and it's not going to stop for Paul from there. Because he had that mission to tell his story. Now I put his in there for a very specific reason. We capitalize it because we're talking about Jesus. He's telling Jesus' story. But you know what else Paul told? He told his personal story. His testimony. This is how Jesus came to me. His was pretty cool, the road to Damascus, the blinding light, but yours is equally as cool. Why did you accept Jesus? What was it like the day that you walked down the aisle? What was it like the day that you realized that you were forgiven through him? We've got to tell that story, and we've got to tell it all the time, and we've got to try again and again, and we've got to be encouraging about it, and we've got to pray confidently knowing that we will succeed while living a righteous life. So, like I told you, try to be brief today. In conclusion today, responsibility. We all had a lot of responsibility this last week. We couldn't just let the kids run loose. We had a pretty organized thing. Miss Elaine did an absolutely great job. I, I count on her so much. She deserves our praise for this. But you know what she would do? She would say, give praise to God. That's the kind of woman she is. But you know what? That responsibility fell to her, and then it also fell to us. And now, VBS aside, what about this responsibility thing? Our responsibility to God. Remember, he knows us, hears us, strengthens us, loves us, and now he sends us. That responsibility, it's yours. Don't take it lightly. Would you please bow with me for a word of prayer? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for giving us an opportunity this week to recognize our responsibility. Help us, Lord, to never give up, to continue to cast that net of your love again and again and again. Help us to be righteous and to have that, that positive attitude about our faith and to show it through our actions every single day. Lord, we don't want to be complainers. We don't want to be gripers. We don't want to be belly acres. Like, like the ancient Israelites, Lord, help us to, to not go that route, but instead to keep our eyes on your son, like Peter did when he first stepped out of that boat. Lord, help us not to take our eyes off of him and to remember how drastic of a responsibility it is to make him a priority in each and every one of our lives. Lord, we ask right now that you help us, that you will guide us into the next few months, the next years, 
to always be ready to serve you and to put you first in our lives. So it's in Jesus Christ's most awesome name we do pray. Amen.